Well, happy Mother's Day to every single one of you, and uh, we're just so excited today to honor our moms. We love you, moms, and I love the poem that was just shared uh, of all the aspects of mothering. What an incredible title uh, to be called mother. What an incredible gift to be a mother, and I think it's safe to say today we probably wouldn't be here without you in more than one way, and we just want to say thank you. Today's message is going to be geared towards moms, all the guys you can listen in. Um, but we're going to be talking to the moms specifically and their incredible love, uh, not only for us, but how they display the love of God uh, to their families and literally to the world. You may remember uh, a while back we worked through uh, the letter from Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, and in this specific letter, we're not going to spend a lot of time there, but I want to go back there and point out one person in the letter. Remember, Paul went to this church to to preach the good news, and many people were coming to Christ. So throughout the letter, we hear a few different names of Paul and another guy named Silas, and then another guy, a young man named Timothy, uh, that was there in Thessalonica. And as they are preaching the gospel, lives are being changed, people are making decisions to follow Jesus. But the religious folks, a lot of people in Thessalonica did not like it. And they were frustrated. And you know the story that they went in, they preached, and a riot began. And they had to, they had to skip town at night uh, for fear of their life so that they could get out of there. Well, not long after, maybe a month, maybe two months, uh, Paul was eager uh, to know what was going on in this church in, in Thessalonica. And he knew that he couldn't go back because if he took off back to Thessalonica, uh, they, would, they would take his life, uh, quite literally. Uh, so he looked around and he thought, Timothy, I'm going to send you. And he sends this young Timothy to Thessalonica. It says in the Bible to strengthen and to encourage the church, specifically 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, and 3. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel to strengthen and to encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. So Timothy was obviously brave, uh, the fact that he said yes, the fact that he went, and he was also strong, right? Because Paul specifically says he went back to strengthen the church. And the way we know that he was strong is because we all know this. You can't give to someone or to a group of people something of which you don't have. So Paul knew that Timothy was strong, and he sent him back to share the good news with this church and to see how they were doing. Uh, let me ask you a question. Where do you think this strength, where do you think this bravery, where do you think this concrete trust and faith came from? And I know the obvious answer is to say God. We can always, anytime somebody asks you a question about the Bible, say God, say Jesus, and you're right. And, but, but specifically, earthly relationship. What earthly relationship do you think led Timothy to be at a place where he was known as someone that was strong, someone that was brave, uh, someone that we're going to see here in a little bit was full of wisdom? Well, what weekend is it? It's Mother's Day. His mom played a huge role in Timothy being strong, in Timothy being brave, and in Timothy being known as someone that was full of wisdom. Uh, how do we know that? We don't know a whole lot about Timothy's mom other than what we read from Paul writing to Timothy. There's a couple letters that specifically Paul wrote to Timothy, First and Second Timothy, and we're going to go to both of those today. And then also you can look at Timothy's life, uh, his, the characteristics of his life, his integrity, the way that he carried himself. We know that much of that uh, was instilled by his mom and instilled by his creator, and that his mom played a key role in developing him into the man 
that he was. What do we know about Timothy? Well, we know that he was a guy that was on fire for the Lord. Uh, We also know specifically that he was a guy that Paul wrote two letters to. We also know that he was a guy that Paul leaned on and that Paul needed uh, as his helper throughout ministry. We also know, if you read about Timothy's life, that he was a guy that, that placed leaders in the church in specific roles at such a young age that he was a guy that, you probably heard the statement that someone is wise beyond their years. He was full of wisdom that Paul would entrust him to put leaders in various churches. And I think as we're going to see today, we can thank Timothy's mom for a job well done, for raising her son in the faith, for raising her son to understand and to know God's word, and then ultimately sending him so that he could be used for God's glory and for God's honor. Moms are so important. And Timothy's mom today is going to model to us what it looks like to, to, to be a mom that loves God and to love, to love people and to really love her children the way that God has called them to do so. So today's not just for moms. I think it's going to see uh, that it's applicable for everyone. Uh, I don't think God's word ever returns void when his truth is shared. He wants to speak to everyone. But moms, this is specifically for you today because I think the, the gift of our moms is one of the greatest gifts that, that our God gives us. So let me read here in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, one of the first areas we hear about Timothy's mom. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Uh, anybody know any Loises? I think I know a few growing up. Or any Eunices? I don't know any Eunices. Maybe some of you do. But your sincere faith, which lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. So Paul says, man, Timothy, your grandma, she was a rock star when it came to the faith. Lois was on it. Uh, when it came to her faith in God, she passed it on to your mom. She passed it on to Eunice, and your mom, Eunice, was so solid in the faith. She was strong in the faith. She was someone that knew God's word. She was someone that loved God and loved people well. And your grandmother, Lois, passed it to Eunice, and Eunice, your mom, ultimately passed it to you. And Timothy, I gotta say, as Paul Sharon, I see the faith that your mom passed on to you every day single day, and she should be commended for the great faith that she passed on to you. Uh, How many of you, you could raise your hands in your house that God uh, is a God that has a lot of really good ideas? I mean, a lot of really good ideas. And I think one of his best ideas on the maybe the top five list is the idea that he was going to bring mothers into our lives, that one of his top five ideas was the gift of a mom in our lives, that God had an incredible plan uh, for motherhood, and it starts with a nine-month ride, a nine-month ride aboard someone that that we will eventually eventually call mom. It's an incredible gift, a nine-month ride of which we will seek comfort from her. Uh, We'll seek comfort from her voice. We'll begin to understand her voice. Uh, We will experience safety and security in the womb and that we will bond with our mom even during those nine months before we see her face and we see our child for the very first time, that we are protected in her womb. It says in Psalm 139, verse 13, the Bible says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The gift of motherhood, 
the miracle of a baby. It's a flat-out miracle from conception to a heartbeat some five, six weeks in to every single stage along the way from the first trimester to the second to the, to the 38th to 40th week where this baby is being fully formed in God's image, and one day we're going to be able to see that child. It is a miracle. In every step along the way, the Bible says God is knitting us together in our mother's womb. And while God is creating us, we are with our mom and we are bonding with our mom. Genesis 1, 27 through 28 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God says in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply. We don't need to go into a whole lot of detail where God's going with this, but he's talking about, hey, we as humans, this new race that God has created, male and female, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Does fruitful mean, uh, as the world has twisted it, uh, to have sex before marriage? No. Uh, Does fruitful mean that, that we should have as many children as we can outside the covenant of marriage? No, that was not, that was not God's plan. Does fruitful mean we can go against that? And if we don't want the baby, then we can, we can abort or we can terminate that child, this human life that God so lovingly knit together in the mother's womb. The Bible doesn't speak to that either. But what the Bible does speak to is that we are to be fruitful and multiply in the context of marriage. And in Genesis 2.24, it says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the idea of being fruitful, God's plan was to to be fruitful in the context of a male and a female, a husband and a wife that are 100% committed and even would be able to say their vows until death do they part. That was God's plan. And we have twisted it and we have broken it. And God's plan was for this baby to be raised in the stability of a family, of a mom and a dad, because he knew in that place, in that environment, in that home, they would experience the spiritual nurturing, the relational nurturing, the social nurturing that they so desperately need between, between a mother and a father. That stable families have the greatest opportunity to produce stable children. But before anybody hits pause, before anybody shuts off this video because of all the things I just shared to, to you and with you, um, I want to acknowledge today and I want us to understand that we know that, that two parents are not always in the picture with some families. And I believe this. I believe this wholeheartedly, that even with one parent, God can use that one parent when they are sold out for Christ, when they are living for Christ, to raise that child in God's word, to raise that child to know God's word, to know Jesus, and that God can use them for powerful things so that that child ultimately can be used for God's glory and for his honor. Here's why I know this, because many of you are living testimony of that. You're a living testimony of, of, of what can happen when, when that one parent is sold out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you, your children are a living testimony because you're that parent. 
and, and, and life didn't turn out how you wanted, but God is using you now to raise that child and to point your child to know Jesus. Another reason why I know that is because that was Timothy's parent as well. Timothy's mom. Timothy's mom did it on her own. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So in this passage, we see a shout out to grandma. In this passage, we see a shout out to mom, Eunice. But we see no mention, no mention of dad. We don't really know a whole lot about him. Uh, we do know that uh, Timothy's dad was, was Greek. Timothy's mom was a, was a Jewish Christian. You can read about Timothy's dad. He's mentioned in Acts 16 uh, that he was a Greek man, probably not a follower of Christ. A very, very good chance that he was not around. We don't know if he was even passed away as Timothy was being raised in the faith or he was just absentee. Do we know if he abandoned Eunice? We don't know that either. But what we do know from this one verse is that his mom, his mom Eunice, raised Timothy in the faith and passed on to Timothy everything that she knew in the faith. And not only that, but she did an incredible job at it. And here we are, some thousands of years later, reading about the motherhood of Eunice, raising a young boy, Timothy, to be a young man of God. Uh, we could take time today and, and uh, get a whiteboard out and write every reason down why uh, a child needs a dad in their lives. Uh, any study worth reading at all would point to the fact that children thrive and would be better off when their dad is in their life and in the picture. But if something happens, and sometimes it does, I can also tell you this, that we serve a God in heaven that will give a single mom or even a single dad the strength to raise that child in the Lord, to know Jesus, to ultimately send that child to be used by God. And we serve a God that will give you the strength to do that. Parenting is not easy, especially if you have young children. Uh, some of us have learned that even the hard way when we've turned into uh, teacher, coach, uh, PE teacher, uh, cafeteria worker, mom, dad, the list goes on during this quarantine. We've all had, I'm sure, some stories and some days where we were ready to throw in the towel. But while it's not easy, we serve a God mom that will give you the strength, that will give you the strength to get through. And I believe that we serve a God also that has given every mom the strength to carry on, whether they know it or not. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We serve a God in heaven that saw fit to send his Son to rescue us, to, to bring us salvation to save us, the Bible says, specifically from our sins. But what does it say in this passage? What does he do? That God loves, so what does he do? He gave. God so loved that he gave. When we love, we give. And I can't think of any other person or any other title on the planet that does a better job at this than mothers. I can't think of any person on the planet that does a better job of reflecting the image of God in this way of someone that so loved they gave than moms. Moms do it day in and day out. Moms love 
no matter what. When little Johnny is brought into the room and he has just blown up his diaper, right? Uh, in that moment, uh, what does the dad do? Does the dad walk towards the child to help or does the dad find something else to do? Uh, well, me, I found something else to do uh, here and there. Moms, they step into it. They so love, so they do it. They love no matter what, no matter what circumstance. Moms feed the baby. Moms sustain the baby. Moms have many sleepless nights because of the baby. Moms go through their bodies changing by, by carrying a baby. Moms sacrifice so much so that kids can have what they need. And I believe, I believe it's the love of God on display to the world. I believe it's the love of God on display to the child so they can understand the true love of God. That moms in every season, it does not matter what age your children are, unconditionally love their children. That no matter what, no matter what comes our way, no matter what comes the child's way, they love and they care for their kid. Let me ask you a question. And uh, we, we often, we, 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 we raise so many things to the level of great importance in our life. And at the end of the day, um, if there's one thing this quarantine has taught us, is a lot of things we thought were pretty important are not really important. So these questions may seem crazy to even ask, but let me ask you anyhow. Uh, do we want our kids to, to excel and, and go pro in sports or be really good at, at some extracurricular activity? Most of us would say, of course. Do we want our kids to ultimately go play for the Indiana Hoosiers and get a scholarship to play there? Uh, 99% of us would say, of course, that's what we want. Uh, do we want our kids to do great in school and to get great grades and, and get a great education? All of us would say, yes. Do we want them to grow up and get a great job and be really successful and make a lot of money so they can take care of mom and dad someday? All of us would say, yes, please go do that. But while all of these things are important, uh, while all of these things could be things we put a lot of stock in, there's something that's even more important that we can show them, and that is the love of God in an up-close and powerful way. And I believe that's what mothers do day in and day out. There's something more important than all these things we want them to achieve, and it's we want them to understand the love of Jesus Christ. Because church, moms, if they have Jesus, if they have Jesus on their side, Romans 8.31 says this, that if God is for them, who could be against them? And if they have Jesus, they have everything. So if you hear nothing else today, this is for moms specifically, but I believe it's for all of us. One of the greatest things we can do for the people around us is we personally love God and ultimately we love others. That is what God has called us to do. We mentioned Timothy learned a lot about God from his mom and, and uh, it was a relationship that was powered by love and Paul makes a point to mention uh, his relationship with his mom again. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 14, he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. He says, continue in it. Continue to step in. Continue to believe. Continue, continue to be convinced of 
all of the things you have learned, specifically from Lois, that has been passed on to Eunice, and Eunice that is passed on to you, continue in what you have known. Continue in what you have been told. And what Paul's doing is he's giving Timothy's mom some credibility here. I mean, you need to listen up to what your mom told you. Uh, simply imply him, hey, your mom wasn't wrong. Your mom was speaking truth into your life. And those moments your mom was, was speaking into your life and words at the moment you didn't want to hear, right? It was for your benefit. And it was for God's glory. And it was so that you would grow up to know God's word and to understand God's word. How many of you have ever heard that one of the, one of the, the scariest places to be is to be between a, a mother bear and her baby bear, right? Like, you never want to be in the midst of that. And I think the same could be said of mother and child, that moms are tough too, right? I mean, moms are so tough, and I believe this toughness from moms is instilled in their child. And this toughness is ultimately stemmed from and, and, and has roots in, in love. Moms also know how to sacrifice. They sacrifice so much for their children. And moms, as you are watching this at home or on your couch or on your chair or wherever you are, you have sacrificed so much for your children so that they could understand the love of God. Before you had children, you were thinking, man, I got places to go, I got things to do, I need to, to make this happen and that happen and dreams and goals, and then you have a child and really nothing else matters. And it's not because your dreams don't matter anymore, it's because that child is so valuable and you want to love that child with an unconditional love. It changes your whole outlook on life. And it's almost like this superhuman power comes over you. And I would argue that power is the power of love. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And what he's talking about here is the, is the love of God. That we're, when we're in a relationship with the Lord, when we're in a relationship with Jesus, we need not have an unhealthy fear of him. We can be comfortable around our Savior Jesus. He's not the boogeyman in the corner. He's not the one waving his, his hand at you and just pointing and thinking, there he goes again, that your God loves you, your Savior loves you, and the same is true for moms. Your mom's love for her kid is, is fearless, and her fearless love that Jesus has instilled in her creates an environment where kids can experience unconditional love. They can experience what it's like to be cared for no matter what. And today I say that because I think there's so many moms that, that beat themselves up as they look around the world and look around their social, uh, uh, social media communities and they think, man, I can never measure up to that. And they think, man, look at all my imperfections. Look at all the ways that I am falling short. I believe our culture's thrown so many unhealthy things at moms today of someone they need to be. And we serve a God in heaven that, that would say, hey, I've never called you to be any one of those things, but I have called you to a relationship. I have called you to a relationship based on love with me, and I've called you into a relationship that has the greatest power of love between mother and child more than any other relationship on planet Earth. And I've given you the opportunity to love your kids. And I want to say today, all of us in here, all of us listening, uh, we are all better off because moms of how great you have done at loving. 
of how great you have done at modeling love and giving love to your kids. But it's not only just about giving love. Mother, mothers are always known for, for giving love, but it's about receiving love as well. There's another story of, uh, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 15. Uh, she's been modeling to Timothy and, and speaking over him the words of God since he, he was an infant. So it says here, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and, be, and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it, Paul says. Your mom, uh, your grandmother, those adults in your life, verse 15, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, how? Well, from your mom, which you are able to make, uh, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So Timothy's been hearing about this faith in Christ since, since he was an infant. Eunice has been reading him scripture. Eunice has been singing hymns. Uh, Eunice has been taking him to church. He was learning and growing in the faith since he was an infant Paul spoke to. And remember from the very beginning, we talked about that Timothy then was sent into Thessalonica, into this hot zone, to share and to strengthen and to encourage the church. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this would have been Eunice's uh, top choice for Timothy, to go into a hot zone uh, uh, with his faith, to strengthen and encourage this church where he doesn't know if he's going to even walk out alive, right? Probably would not have been Eunice's first choice. But since infancy, she's been raising him to know God. And she raised him in the faith, and she has sent him, and she knew that he was under the care of God. She trusted Timothy to God. So many of your, you mothers out there today, you have raised your children, you have sent them, and it's not that you don't worry today or, or, or hope for something different, but you have trusted them, you have trusted them to God. And I wanna encourage you with this, that we serve a God that you can trust. There's another story about our Savior, somewhat similar with his mom. Uh, it took place, Jesus was around 12 years old, and they went to Jerusalem uh, to be a part of one of the feasts and spent some time there, and finally it's time to pick up and leave and to, and to head home to, to Nazareth. It says in Scripture that they, they went down to Nazareth. Well, it's actually north, so they would have gone north to Nazareth, but down the mountain back to Nazareth. And uh, it took them literally uh, two days uh, before they realized that, that they took off, and, and Jesus was not with them. And uh, I don't know if you've ever lost a child we have a couple times in stores where they just snuck down a different aisle, and usually in about two seconds you figure it out, right? Or maybe two minutes, uh, not two days. It's like, come on, Joseph. Your, your, one job, your one job was to know where the Son of God is, and, and you blew it. Uh, but before you, you take it to Joseph, I want to remind you of what it was like to travel back during that time. So as they left Jerusalem and as they left the feast, they didn't just travel as their immediate family unit, you know, Joseph and Mary and Jesus and just a couple that took off. Uh, but they would travel with, with a host of families. So there could be 30, 40, 50, 60 people traveling, traveling back to Nazareth. And I'm sure Joseph, mom and dad, just thought that, that Jesus was hanging out with the kids. And as they are traveling down the road and, and two days in, they go check out the kids to see, hey, where's Jesus? Is he with them? And he is nowhere. He is nowhere to be to be found. So imagine the fear that, 
that rushed over them. You can imagine the fear that if you've ever experienced it when your kid is, is lost in the moment. In two days of fears, they're walking back to the temple to see where Jesus is. And as they walk in frustrated, they find their son, Jesus, answering questions of these much older, much wiser religious men. And he is sharing with them and answering some questions that are just absolutely astounding. And then mom and dad walk in. And these religious leaders are amazed at his wisdom. And the exchange takes place in Luke 2, 49 and 51. Why were you searching for me, he asked Jesus. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And then he says something that goes way over their head. They did not understand. Verse 50. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth. He took off with the family, with them, and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Her kid is missing for two days. She has fear rushing over her. She, she can't find him. When they finally do find him, Jesus, he doesn't say anything rude to them or, or, or something that would talk down to them, but he says something that goes over their head. And then she says, it says in the scripture that she treasured all of these things in her heart. How is this possible? How could Eunice even do that with her son that's taking off back to Thessalonica? And here's why. Because when a mother knows that her child is in relationship with Jesus Christ, when a mother knows that her child is serving Jesus Christ, they understand it is the most important thing that they could ever be doing. When a mother understands that her child even loves Jesus more than her child loves her, she is secure in the fact that Jesus has her child. Isn't that powerful to think about? That's why Mary could say her, his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So as kids, growing in their understanding of God's love and God's ways, it's important to remind yourself too, mothers, as you are doing that day in and day out, raising your kid to know Jesus. It's important to know this, as you're sacrificing for your children, as you are serving your children, uh, something that can get lost in the weed as you, weeds as you are giving, 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 is that God, God loves you, that God flat out loves you, that God is proud of you. We have a tendency to think, and the enemy works in such a way that in mothers' lives that we have a tendency to think, hey, we're not good people. I don't measure up. We could look at all the ways that we're falling short or ways that we don't measure up. And I would argue today there is more pressure on families, specifically more pressure on mothers than any other time in history. And it's been just raised to a new level during this quarantine. Many mothers are full-time working at home, full-time mothering at home, full-time taking care of their children at home, and it just seems like it's a lot right now, and there's a lot of pressure on families. There's a lot of pressure on families to be a part of, of everything that our world offers, uh, to be in this and to be in that and to run your kid to this and to run your kid in that, and not only be in it, but to be the best at it, right? You need to put your kid in every possible lesson so that your kid is the best in everyone, and if they're not, you as a parent have fallen short. That's what our world says. Pressure to look a certain way, pressure to, to be a certain way, 
uh, pressure to, to act a certain way. And what the enemy do, will do is he will sow seeds of confusion, seeds of doubt, seeds that in our society that you are less of a mother if you don't, if you don't uh, raise to the level of the expectation that our culture is throwing at you. I want to encourage you with this in Proverbs 4, verse 23, because I think this is a powerful verse, not just for moms, but for all of us with the season that we're in. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So as soon as you start doubting, as soon as you start questioning, then the negative things start to flow from that. And what we'll do is we'll begin to compare ourselves with other people. We'll begin to compare ourselves with other mothers. And every time we fall for the comparison trap, it leads us to one or two places. We'll feel inferior. We'll look at everyone and think, man, I don't measure up to that. Or we'll feel superior, and we'll look at everyone else and think we're just a little bit better to them than them. And neither one of them is a good place to go, to feel in- inferior or superior, but here's what I want you to know today. Here's what I want you to know and live out this, that God loves you. And what you're called to do is to love him back and to love the people around you. So I encourage you to, 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 to love the people around you well, to follow Jesus. Do the best you can. You get on social media and you see how great everyone else's life is all around you, right? Uh, they, they just have their houses clean. Their kids are, are perfect. It seems like in the picture, everything is so peaceful, but if you were to have a live feed into that house right before or right after that picture that they just posted online, you'd probably come to realize it's not, it's not that great. Don't compare. God didn't call you to be anyone else. God didn't call you to look like anyone else. He created you in his image. He gave you the perfect gift of your child. He gave you the perfect gift of your children. And you need to know today that you are a daughter of the king. You are made in his image. You are a child of the Most High. And that he loves you. He lavishes his love upon you. I close with this. Here's what I know about pretty much everybody's mom that's, that's listening to this, to this message today is uh, she wasn't perfect. Uh, your mom was not perfect. Um, but almost, I would say, 98% of the moms, um, 98% of your moms, they did the best they could with what they had. They did the best they could with what they were given. Uh, Many, many moms did the best they could to raise you to know Jesus the best way they knew how. And I think one of the best things we can do on this Mother's Day 2020, it's a weird Mother's Day because we can't be together. We miss everyone in this sanctuary today. But I think it's it's this, is that we can honor, we can honor our moms. So to all the moms listening to this message today, I want you to know we love you and we honor you. Uh, for those that your mothers have, have gone home to be with Jesus today and, and you'd love to just be with them one more time, uh, we mourn with you and we grieve with you, but also that you can honor your mom by living your life for Jesus Christ. To my mom, 
if you're watching in Indiana, uh, I love you and, and I thank you. Uh, to the mother of my kids, uh, to the one that I have a front row seat every single day to watch what it looks like to sacrifice, to watch what it looks like to, to sacrificially give of yourself to three little boys at our house. I wanna say that I honor you and I love you and I thank you as well. To all ladies, to all mothers, to anyone within the ears that are hearing this message today, um, we honor you today. And we wanna say, happy Mother's Day. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for our moms. Thank you for the gift of motherhood. Father, thank you for uh, the way that they instill in us what it looks like to unconditionally love the people around us. Thank you for our moms that model what it looks like to sacrifice so much so that we can experience so much. God, we thank you for the moms that are still with us today that we can, we can still give a quick call to or, or say hi or send a card to. God, we lift up and we pray for those uh, that, that, that are unable to do that today as they think and they remember their mom. God, be with them in a special way today as well. God, we love you and we praise your name. And we say to all mothers, happy Mother's Day and amen.